0: Happy Sunday, my friends. Well, here we are again together at a distance. Back in the summer, when we were making plans for the reopening of in-person worship services, we pastors were reminded by Bishop Malone that though we might be able to reopen our buildings in the fall while taking precautions to lessen risk, there might come a time when we would have to pull back for a while for the safety of our congregations. And although we know much more now than we did in the spring about this pesky virus SARS-CoV-2, one thing we know about it hasn't changed Uh, and that is it can spread very quickly and without warning among larger groups of people. I was truly hoping that the infection rate in Portage County would remain low enough that we wouldn't have to pull back from in-person worship. However, with the governor's statewide curfew put into effect last week, and the Portage County Health District stay-at-home order issued on Friday, we decided that in an abundance of caution, we would pull back temporarily, from in-person worship at least, until the fire dies down a bit. And I know this is hard for everyone, me included, but hope springs eternal in this holiday season, and we will get through this time together as we've done since the beginning of the COVID-19 outbreak and come back stronger for all the diversity. After all, remember this, if God is with us, who can be against us? In the meantime, please stay safe. Stay at home as much as you can. Wear your masks in public. Wash your hands often. Try not to be indoors in groups of more than 10 people for prolonged periods. And keep good social distance from people outside of your household. If we do all these things, not only will we shorten the duration of this current wave, but we'll keep ourselves healthy and ready to jump back into things when the situation permits. Remember that our small group activities can and will continue at the church for the time being, and I am available to meet with you there just about any time. All you have to do is let me know. The Advent season begins next Sunday, our time waiting for Christ to come. And somehow that seems appropriate in this long pause we've all experienced this year. Waiting can be difficult, but the sun always rises and better days are ahead. Keep the faith, folks, and we'll get through to the other side of this thing. I love you all. Now let's get to our Light of Christ reading for today. It is from Psalm 100 from the New Revised Standard Version. And here we go. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, on this day, we gather to glorify you and express our gratitude for your abundant blessings. We thank you for your generosity in giving us all that we are and all that we have. Most of all, we thank you that you did not withhold anything, but gave us your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to be our brother, teacher, and Savior. May our thanksgiving be more than feelings and words. May our thanksgiving be expressed in our actions and deeds so that your love overflows onto the world. May our thanksgiving bring healing to us and our world. We pray in Jesus' name, your greatest gift to us. Amen. Since it's the week of Thanksgiving, I thought I'd take the opportunity to share some poetry and verse about the season. So here's one of my Thanksgiving favorites. Of course, the poem is better known as a hymn, but since I have no choir behind me, I'll read it rather than sing it. It is Harvest Home by Henry Alford. Come, ye thankful people, come, raise the song of Harvest Home. All is safely gathered in, ere the winter storms begin. God our maker doth provide for our wants to be supplied. Come to God's own temple, come. Raise the song of harvest home. All the world is God's own field, fruit unto his praise to yield. Wheat and tares together sown, unto joy or sorrow grown. First the blade and then the ear, then the full corn shall appear. Lord of harvest, grant that we wholesome grain and pure may be. For the Lord our God shall come, and shall take his harvest home. From his field shall in that day all offenses purge away. Give his angels charge at last, in the fire the tares to cast, but the fruitful ears to store in his garner evermore. Even so, Lord, quickly come to thy final harvest home. Gather thou thy people in, free from sorrow, free from sin there forever purified in thy presence to abide. Come, with all thine angels come, raise the glorious harvest home. Of the many things we thank God for, one of the favorites on Thanksgiving is the great sustenance and abundance of food, especially dessert. And so I share with you now an ode to The Pumpkin by John Greenleaf Whittier. O, oh, greenly and fair in the lands of the sun, the vines of the gourd and the rich melon run, and the rock and the tree and the cottage enfold with broad leaves all greenness and blossoms all gold, like that which were Nineveh's prophets once grew, while he waited to know that his warning was true, and longed for the storm cloud and listened in vain for the rush of the whirlwind and the red fire rain. On the banks of the Zeno, the dark Spanish maiden comes up with the fruit of the tangled vine laden, and the Creole of Cuba laughs out to behold through the orange leaves shining the broad spheres of gold. Yet with dearer delight from his home in the north on the fields of his harvest the Yankee looks forth, where crooknecks are coiling and yellow fruit shines, and the sun of September melts down on his vines. Ah, on Thanksgiving Day, when from east and from west, from north and from south, come the pilgrim and guest, when the gray-haired New Englander sees round his beard the old broken links of affection restored, when the care-wearied man seeks his mother once more, and the worn matron smiles where the girl smiled before, what moistens the lip and what brightens the eye, what calls back the past like the rich pumpkin pie. Oh fruit loved of boyhood, the old days recalling when wood grapes were purpling and brown nuts were falling, when wild ugly faces we carved in its skin glaring out through the dark with a candle within, when we laughed round the corn heap with hearts all in tune, our chair a broad pumpkin, our lantern the moon, telling tales of the fairy who traveled like steam in a pumpkin shell coach with two rats for her team. Then thanks for thy present, none sweeter or better, e'er smoked from an oven or circled a platter. Fairer hands never wrought at a pastry more fine, brighter eyes never watched o'er its baking than thine. And the prayer which my mouth is too full to express swells my heart that thy shadow may never be less. That the days of thy lot may be lengthened below, and the fame of thy worth like a pumpkin vine grow, and thy life be as sweet, and its last sunset sky golden-tinted and fair as thy own pumpkin pie. And finally, not everyone eats turkey for Thanksgiving dinner, so here's a funny one called When Father Carves the Duck by Evie Wright. We all look on with anxious eyes when father carves the duck. And mother almost always sighs when father carves the duck. And then all of us prepare to rise and hold our bibs before our eyes and be prepared for some surprise when father carves the duck. He braces up and grabs a fork whene'er he carves a duck and won't allow a soul to talk until he's carved the duck. A fork is jabbed into the sides, across the breast, the knife he slides, while every person, careful, hides from flying chips of duck. The platter's always sure to slip when father carves a duck, and how it makes the dishes skip, potatoes fly muck, The squash and cabbage leap in space, we get some gravy in our face, and father mutter- mutters a Hindu grace, whene'er he carves a duck. We then have learned to walk around the dining room and pluck from off the windowsills and walls our share of father's duck. While father growls and blows and jaws and swears the knife was full of flaws and mother laughs at him because he couldn't carve a duck. Okay, that's enough fun for now. Let's move on to our scripture lesson for today. Our scripture lesson today is from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, and I'll be reading from the Common English Bible. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, ten men with skin diseases approached him. Keeping their distance from him, they raised their voices and said, Jesus, Master, show us mercy. When Jesus saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests, and they left. And as they left, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he had been healed, returned and praised God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus replied, weren't 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? No one returned to praise God except this foreigner. Then Jesus said to him, get up and go. Your faith has healed you. message today is called, From Whom Our Blessings Flow. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. In our scripture lesson today, we hear a story about 10 men with serious skin diseases who have approached Jesus and are shouting loudly at him, asking for healing for their conditions. In Jesus' time, if you had a serious skin disease of any sort, um, be it one that was contagious like ringworm or scabies or leprosy, or one that today we might consider a non-contagious autoimmune condition like psoriasis or eczema, you were considered unclean and you had to be separated from the community until you could present yourself to the village priest and be declared cured. Some skin diseases, as we know, may eventually get better on their own, but diseases like leprosy are unlikely to improve without treatment. In ancient times, leprosy in particular was greatly feared because there was no effective medical treatment for it. It could become debilitating over time and was unlikely to get better. People excluded from the community because of skin diseases often band together outside of their villages depending upon begging and the charity of strangers for survival. Can you imagine having to leave your profession, your home, uh, your possessions and your spouse and children maybe forever because you had a disease beyond your control? Unfortunately, this was the fate of many people in Jesus' day. Now news traveled ahead of Jesus and most people had heard about the prophet and the teacher who could heal people with a word. So no wonder these men came forward begging for Jesus' help. Now to get from Galilee to Jerusalem, Jesus and his disciples had to travel through Samaria, an area inhabited by the Samaritans, a people despised by Jews. Um, We read about Samaritans in the New Testament often, but who are they? Or who were they? To explain, we have to go back in history to the Old Testament times of the kings the kingdom of Israel was ruled by Solomon, and it split in two due to feuding between Solomon's sons. Uh, The northern kingdom became Israel, and the southern kingdom was known as Judah. And over time, these separate kingdoms became corrupt and sinful, despite warnings from God's prophets that they would be conquered if they didn't change their ways. But, Needless to say, they didn't change because that's human nature. And in 721 BCE, the northern kingdom, Israel, fell to uh, Assyria and many of the wealthy and ruling class people were taken away as captives. However, many of the peasant class remained in the land and eventually intermarried with foreigners who recolonized the area at the blessing of the Assyrians. And these people formed mixed Jewish and Gentile families, who eventually became known as Samaritans. Meanwhile, to the south, just 135 years later, in the year 586 BCE, the southern kingdom of Judah fell to the Babylonian Empire, which had conquered Assyria in the interim, and the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. Jerusalem's walls were torn down and Judah's ruler ruling and merchant classes were carted off to Babylon. Now the Jews who were taken away by the conquering kingdoms became known as the Jews in diaspora because they had been dispersed. See diaspora dispersed comes from the same root word. And by the fifth century BCE, the Babylonian empire had fallen to Persia. The Jewish prophet Nehemiah gained favor with Cyrus, who was the king of Persia, and the king allowed Nehemiah and any Jews who chose to follow him to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. However, the Samaritans who had had remained in the land the whole time, uh, about about 70 years or so, um, resented the returning Jews who they felt were trying to take over and displace them. And they opposed rebuilding the temple and tried to sabotage Nehemiah's efforts. Thus began the long-standing feud between the Samaritans and the Jews. Now, returning to our story, the ten unclean men were shouting, Jesus, Master, show us mercy! And Jesus, feeling compassion for the men, told them to go and show themselves to the priests. The men must have wondered at his words, but as they turned and headed away, their skin was miraculously healed. Can you imagine their joy as they began running toward the homes of the priests? They must have been so relieved and excited to return to their families and friends. They couldn't get there fast enough. All except for one man, just one. When he looked down and saw that his patches of dying, scaly skin had become pink and rosy and that his missing fingernails had reappeared at the ends of his formerly withered and gnarled fingers, he turned back to Jesus and fell on his face at Jesus' feet and began praising God with loud gusto and thanking Jesus for healing him. The man's first shouts had brought healing that was skin deep. But his shouts of praise to God in heartfelt gratitude had resulted in the deeper healing of the man's very soul. And Jesus says to him kindly, get up and go. Your faith has healed you. We can't really fault the other nine men for their haste to get to the priests. After all, they've probably been separated from society for years They are healed and everything about their lives is suddenly looking sunny for the first time in ages. Who wouldn't just keep on running in their joy? But this one man, the Samaritan, he stopped to give thanks for the blessing he had received. There are a few things that we can learn about Thanksgiving from the Samaritan. Thanksgiving is raising shouts of praise for all of the blessings we have received. It's about turning back to acknowledge the source of all our gifts. Thanksgiving is about expressing our gratitude in the moment now, rather than waiting for a time that's more convenient for us or when we just get around to it. Finally, Thanksgiving means we don't take God or God's gifts to us for granted. This Samaritan man had no reason to expect anything from Jesus. Who was a Jew. Maybe he even felt that he had no right to ask anything of Jesus, especially healing. Yet he gave thanks when he received the precious gift of healing and restoration. So let us remember for ourselves in the endless year of 2020 to give thanks to God for everything we receive because none of us, not one, deserve anything from God. We didn't create our own lives or give ourselves the family and friends whom we love and who love us or all the things that we have in this life. Every moment and everything we receive is unearned and undeserved. All of it is a free gift from God from whom all our blessings flow. Let's give thanks. From the bounty of our lives, let us bring forth our gifts. For the work of this church, let us give generously, as we have been given to generously. For we are equal children of the earth. Let our offerings support and strengthen this house, and let our gifts be put to work in service, and let our hearts bend toward wholeness. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you all as you celebrate this Thanksgiving holiday, and I'll see you soon. May you go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and the trees of the fields shall clap their hands.